Welcome to the Cosmic Fire Podcast. I'm Phoenix. I'm Kairos. And that is some sweet intro music. Yeah. Is that that new band, Ubastonk? Yeah, man. I heard they're taking like the internet by storm. <laughs> is there still an internet? If there is, there. I heard it was dead. Actually, <laughs> are you familiar with that theory, the dead internet theory? Really? No. No. Yeah, it's a real thing. No. Um, yeah, there is a, a very non-scientific <laughs> theory. Um, that states that the internet is actually dead because it's basically all AI and algorithms and bots and fake accounts and just, you know, just propaganda and there's not really any real life in it anymore. And that feels weirdly accurate. Yeah. Except on Substack. Oh, I love Substack. Signs of life on Substack. Signs of life. I mean, you know, it's like comment threads with articulate, (laughs) intelligent, decent, caring people. Actual humans. Actually humans, you know, who are like not attacking one another, but, you know, even sometimes. Having conversations. Yeah, politely disagreeing. Whoa. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how they're going to allow that to last too long. But. Yeah, I might have to fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people can politely disagree. Oh, man. Oh, welcome to 2022. This is, is this our first pod of the year? No, last pod was our first pod of the this year. This is our last pod of the year. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last pod. <laughs> nice knowing you. Yep. This year's already been a doozy the internet may not be dead but um we regret to inform you that your podcast has been pulled (laughs) due to your mentioning the dead internet (laughs) which is a known conspiracy theory yeah promulgated by white nationalists (laughs) oh i think we might have snopes um coming up in a later segment yeah they were like uh, i answered a you know help wanted ad on craigslist for snopes and i thought it would be a scam but um they rejected me because I don't have any adult film experience and or um, <laughs> tatas, as they put it. But but they were interested in sponsoring our show. I guess they're like really, you know, huh. looking for some new. Um, yeah. Trying to make inroads with the uh, conspiracy theory, new age dupe <laughs> crowd that they wow. seem to think we attract. You know, if I believed in coincidence, I would say, what an amazing coincidence. We were looking for sponsors and then here we go. We got... A sponsor, yeah. just like that. Wow. I mean, one of the biggest names in fake truth. And coming through Craigslist, which, <laughs> I mean, wow. Okay. Craigslist well. really is. Craigslist is dead. <laughs> it's <right>? dead. <laughs> okay. I know, sadly. I know, But man. you know what? Like, since we moved to the country, there are actually a few humans that do post on Craigslist. The, the, yeah. You can usually only find them in the farm and garden section, um, you know, selling off a heifer here or there or uh, some chicks or something. Or a pickup truck. Or, yeah. Well, yeah, I, think I think those are scammers, too. Actually, no. I think at Farm and Garden, there are some real ads still. Yeah. Okay. All you scammers, don't even think about infiltrating <laughs> Farm and Garden. That is sacred territory. All right. Uh, okay. So anyway, can we get into the real meat and potatoes of this podcast? <laughs> you just offended a whole bunch of people, but um, yes. <laughs> 
It's really hard to say much without offending someone these days. Yeah. But anyway, who that, cares? I'm into it. That's one reality. Get as offended as you like. <laughs> I'll tell you to your face. <laughs> That's right. one reality, right? The reality yeah. of being offended all the time. Just being, yeah, just being upset all the time. Hey, you know what? There's a lot to be upset about. Yeah. And, you know, is it really helping to just be sitting in your poopy diaper all day? I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. I don't have to answer that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so we wanted to talk a little bit today about divergent realities. This is something that we actually talk about pretty frequently, but whether you want to call it diverging timelines, um, you know, diverging realities, it is super real right now. And I don't know if we could really talk about this too much because folks are really feeling um, the pull you know, it's pulling yeah. both ways. And I think when we're faced with a choice like that, it's easy to feel kind of overwhelmed or or kind of stuck. So I just wanted to address some of that um, that I've been seeing coming up in the collective energy. Uh, just like kind of a psychic weather report, if you will. Okay. Yeah. You will? I will. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I mean... We, it's so weird, right? It's so weird that we we have friends. We all have anybody listen to this, right? We have friends, we have family that we used to be able to have a conversation with, and real life conversations or telephone conversations or whatever Zoom calls. You know, it's kind of turned into like social media has taken over three D reality or something. You know, it's mm. like you kind of uh, know, like, okay, well, those people are on the other timeline and. Yeah, I'd love to hear your take on it. Um, So I'll shut up and let you talk. Okay, so on that tip, you know, we all have um, friends, family, loved ones, um, employers, sometimes um, governments are, are on a different path than what we're on. And I think this is something that, I just feel like we could put sticky notes. Remember, like, paper sticky notes? (laughs) I have some in my drawer right here, thanks to you. I don't really use the digital ones, but I use the paper ones all the time. Uh, We could just put sticky notes up all over about this, is just reminding ourselves that we don't have to match other people's energy. And I talk about this tool all the time, just continuing to ask ourselves, who does that belong to? Who does that belong to? Because there's so much of this survival energy that's triggered right now. And I'm not saying that there's not a good reason for that because there is. And the way that many people are responding to that is by just completely freezing, you know, and just hoping that some savior is going to come in and make it okay for them, you know, and they're just going to wait until the government does something to help them or until, um, you know, somebody, some authority figure makes it okay for them. And I think we, it's really easy for us to start to resonate with this freeze energy And, you know, it could be, maybe it's not freeze for you. Maybe you've been getting in more of a fight or flight mode, you know, so 
if you do feel this survival trigger coming up and you notice there's like a fear energy, a freeze energy, a fight energy coming up, ask yourself, who does it belong to? Um, Because we can't be creating the new path forward. We can't be creating the new world that wants to be birthed if we're matching the energy of folks who are either really stuck in the past and just hoping and praying that somehow everything's going to go back to the way it was in the past. And, you know, has that ever happened ever? Has anything ever gone back to the way it was in the past? I just don't think that's how it works. You know, things are always evolving and changing. So either we get to change it in a way that works for us and works for all beings and the planet, or somebody, if we depend on somebody else coming and doing it for us, it's probably not going to be a good outcome. (laughs) Just guessing. I don't know. I'm not really down with like some of the things I've seen put forward by the folks who spend a lot of energy and money and resources and time and thought, you know, um, coming up with these plans of like where they want the world to be in 2030. Like my idea of where I want it to be in 2030 is very different. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I've noticed that freeze energy coming up a lot. And um, and we could get more into it later, but that's just something I wanted to put on everybody's radar. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get into that paralysis kind of mode, too, because, you know, it's we are in a whole new place. You know, it's like um, I've been talking about this since I started studying Pluto and Capricorn historically. And Richard Tarnas book, um, Cosmos and Psyche, is a really great astrological kind of overview of historic, how the outer planet astrology connects with um, or coincidentally coincides with um, historical energies and events. But, um, you know, Pluto and Capricorn, it's like I remember just writing this over and over when I was writing forecasts and in various blog posts and stuff that the whole society as we know it has to be destroyed because a new a new world society is going to arise out of the ashes. And it's like, you know, the Protestant Reformation, 1500s, the American Revolution and French Revolution, 1700s. Um, you know, something is is coming in that's going to radically change things. But the old system, and this is just the way Pluto seems to work, is is it has to fall apart. And I remember thinking as, as recently as like 2016, maybe 2017 even, wow, you know, here we are. We've got um, four years, five years left. So um, next year is 2023 is the last year of the Pluto and Capricorn era for another 260 years. I'm thinking we've got just a few years left in this 15 year cycle. And it doesn't seem like anything's, things are crumbling, things are eroding, you know, things are stagnant, but you don't see this big social change. And then two years ago, boom, you know, just everything, everything blew up. There's this massive implosion going on. And I think it's natural in really crisis type events like that, that we do freeze, you know, and we don't know what to do. We, none of us has been here before in exactly this context. So, um, I feel like, you know, there's 
a huge opportunity here, though, if we don't try to match those people. So it's understandable that we do. We're probably going to have to work with our inner children, with even ancestors, you know, who um, there's a lot of ancestral trauma around being the survivor guilt kind of energy. And also, yeah, totally agree with you. We cannot, uh, the, the time, it's like we've spent, you know, a year, year and a half, some of us processing what is happening. And, you know, some people who are coming to that realization a little bit later may have to do some really heavy, intense processing. And we got to be moving forward. Man, that's so crazy that you said survivor guilt because I got a big hit on that the other day. I was like making myself a cup of coffee and just reflecting on the emotional stuff I've been processing. And I was like, you know, doing my thing. Who does that belong to? Clearing energy, checking in with my inner child, all that stuff. And I just saw that um, because I tend to be very precognitive and and kind of future oriented and kind of see things come in a mile away, I could see I was already processing survivor guilt. Wow. Because I just had this deep knowingness that a lot of people were not going to make it, you know, yeah. through this process. Yeah. Yeah. It was very intense. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all feel things like that. And sometimes we don't identify exactly what it is, but we all have the capacity to, to know what's really going on and to feel all of these things in our body. And I think sometimes um, we just don't have the language for it or, you know, we haven't met maybe the people yet that we could have a conversation about that with that could yeah. really, you know, get to the heart or the core of what it is that we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with, um, especially recently with clients who've been processing grief over a personal loss, but they were there the whole time and they were present. And so when, you know, when their loved one dies or whatever, they don't go through this multi-year, which that can be a multi-year process for people. They go through the stages of grief, but they go through it pretty quickly because they've already been grieving. They knew what was going to happen. They didn't have their head in the sand. They weren't lying to themselves. And it's understandable why we tell ourselves stories because we don't want to lose whatever, whether it's a person, a job, a living situation, a relationship. But, you know, so maybe many of our listeners are going to be having similar experiences or already are. Yeah. And I think maybe this is where some of the freeze comes from, too, because it's like people, everyone knows whether they're denying it or not, that it, there's no going back. You yeah. know, like the past way of life is over. It's not coming back. Whatever comes in the future is going to be something that could be radically different in a really positive way and also maybe in a really negative way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we may have uh, kind of a surprising amount of free will if we act now as to whether it is really positive or really negative. Man, I would love to talk more about some of these opportunities and I also feel like maybe it's time for a break. Let's take a break. Okay. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk about opportunities galore 
and a little bit of astrology. Okay. And who knows what else? Yeah. Okay. Hey, this is DK, also known as Kairos, and I want to let you know about what's in the Cosmic Fire shop. Now, before you just say, oh, shop, you know, who shops nowadays? That's so unspiritual. You, you need to pull up this page. I mean, go there right now. Seriously, if, you, if you're not driving, really, it's so beautiful. And I'm not just saying that because my beloved did all the artwork, although, you know, yeah, granted I'm biased, but I mean, you look at this and it's just amazing. Okay, so check it out. You go here, you just look at the page. It's like base chakra healing. What's the base chakra? I don't know, but I'm interested in finding out. Sounds good. Getting grounded, probably. Diamond mind. What is this? Like some kind of Tom Waits stuff? I don't even know. It's so attractive though and actually i do know because i made the music for diamond mind and pretty much for all of these if you've listened to any of tatiana's journeys or meditations i mean she's very hypnotic and very very soothing and really adept at guiding us into places where we can make real changes um the temple of your heart like really powerful emotional healing reclaim your sovereignty that's uh you know, that's me actually talking, and uh, man, you will reclaim your sovereignty if you listen to that thing often enough. Filled with light, pillar of light, there's a lot of light on here. I mean, it's just really amazing, and they're all very reasonably priced. I can't read the prices from this far away, but it looks like five or six bucks. I mean, come on! What are you waiting for? Head over to the Cosmic Fire shop and buy a handful of them today. This is how we create the world of the future is by you going to the Cosmic Fire shop right now and buying some of these meditations. Welcome back to the Cosmic Fire podcast. We're so grateful you're here. And we are just about to get into some of the opportunities that are just ripe for the picking here in 2022. And I know, um, DK, you had something you were going to share on what you were seeing as far as this big opportunity energy. Yeah, you know, okay, so it doesn't feel like an opportunity a lot of the times, right? It feels like we're being bludgeoned, blasted, blasted. eroded, (laughs) you know, I mean, so, you know, we've all been canceled, right? We've been, we've, we've had friends divorce us, family divorce us. And I think for me personally, anyway, you know, there's this desire to save those people. I want to bring them along. You know, the people Mm -hmm. I love, I don't want them to go into the negative reality, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that means dying early because they keep getting booster shots and their immune system's compromised or, you know, whatever it might mean. Just spinning out mentally. A lot of people just kind of falling into a bit of a abyss. Yeah. In, you know, psychologically. I mean, you know, despite Reuters fact-checking mass formation psychosis, which apparently it was like (laughs) Dr. Malone was on Joe Rogan and that became a thing. You know, you can look around and you can see there's a mass psychosis happening. There's a huge mental health crisis that's been going on for the last couple of years. And not very many people are looking at it, but as people who work with clients on a regular basis. And we're so we're hearing and also we're tuning into the collective psychic energy on a regular basis. So we're feeling it, then we're hearing it confirmed 
And we're seeing it too. I mean, there's, I don't see how anybody could deny that that's happening. I do. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't, but I don't work for Snopes. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they could deny that it's happening. Oh yeah. I mean, lots of people can deny that it's happening. And also I feel like the place that we have to really, you know, exercise some, uh, self-talk, co- self-coaching, just, you know, tuning into what's true is that we can't be sitting around trying to match, like you were saying, match the energy of our friends and family or our colleagues, you know, other in quotes, spiritual people who are going full speed, you know, down this path to what you know, just is a very dystopian, horrible reality. That's not good for people. It's not good for nature. You know, it's not good for the planet. It's not good for anything except the parasite. Basically. Yeah. I was also seeing on that. We can't match the energy of our past self. Yeah. Because we're being asked to step it up and evolve and grow and go into that uncomfortable place, which is something that we also talk about a lot. Um, And you had that beautiful quote of life begins outside of the comfort zone. Neil Donald Walsh, (laughs) conversations with God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's true, right? Yeah. And, And he, his story, I mean, I think he was an alcoholic, but they made a movie out of it. And the movie was so depressing. It was really hard to sit through. Um, but you know, he went way outside of his comfort zone. He was homeless, you know, and and he like finally was like, and I don't remember what the, his backstory was, but I think he was one of the homeless people in San Francisco during one of the tech busts or something like that. And, um, anyway, you know, he kept getting these messages from spirit. You got to go this way. And he, you know, he didn't want to be like a spiritual author or whatever. That was nowhere on his plans. But the opportunity here is it's okay. So it's hard to contemplate, consider, I think, letting go of everything that you built, potentially everything that equaled security or status, or I'm going to be okay. Mm. People are going to like me. People are going to love me. I'm going to have friends. Somebody will take care of me when I'm older. I mean, Mm. a lot of people have lost their kids over this, right? Yeah. And- on the other side of World War III, and, you know, we can start this now, the opportunity is to live in paradise with people that are really capable of showing up and being friends and lovers and, you know, acting like family members really should act, right? Mm. It's a world of beauty, a world, and it's, and I think the thing that, you know, one of the big psyops on this is, well, if I leave you know, my job in San Francisco or my family or whatever. And I, and I go somewhere where there's more freedom, you know, um, I'm going to be living in the dirty South, you know, surrounded by rednecks and black people live in the South, you know, who wants to go there? Right. I mean, there's a whole racist thing. There's a whole racist, you know, uh, subtext about all the, the stuff of slag in the South in the Mm. media. And, you know, and it, or I'm going to have to go off grid and I'm going to have to poop in a bucket and, you know, and go get water from the creek and wash my clothes on a rock in the river and stuff, <laughs> you know, and hey, maybe, wait, that doesn't sound good to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pooping in a bucket, that's awesome. But, um, 
you know, we we are probably like you said in the last podcast, we're going to have to make some sacrifices one way or another. Some things are going to be sacrificed. That's the nature of life. That's the nature of the game. If you want to live your best life and also the world that wants to happen now is beautiful beyond our imagining and it doesn't involve roughing it all the time. We're going to have technology, we're going to have, you know, nature, we're going to have love and I think that it's just that's a that can be it requires imagination. Yeah. It requires imagination and it requires really selecting what goes into your mind, what mm. kind of information you're taking in, who you're hanging out with, you know. Yeah. To be able to tune that in. Yeah. Yeah, I was seeing on that it's like we can either let go of things or hold it lightly. <laughs> Or it could be ripped away from us, you know, because we can't cling to anything anymore. We just have to be super grounded in ourselves and our natural capacities and our understanding that nature is abundant. Yeah. You know, so all of the scarcity stuff that we're afraid of, that's all part of the system that's dying anyway. Yeah. And it's going to get more contracted, more and more and more contracted. There's going to be more and more energy of lack, limitation, you know, and it's like you can either use that energy to kind of squeeze yourself through a birth canal to another way, or you can stay trapped in that space. We're not supposed to stay trapped in that space. We're supposed to move through it. You know, to feel that contraction, to let go and to move through to the new thing instead of, um, you know, staying in that place and suffocating. Um, And yeah, I mean, to me, it's like either we're going to get back in touch with reality or we're going down with the death cult. Yeah. And I ain't going out like that. I ain't going out like that. (laughs) Man, I mean, the supply chain thing is one example. Oh, yeah. So... Um, we went to Kroger the other day and they had two organic chicken packages or something for like $13 a pound or something crazy, right? And we're seeing things. All you, the organic vegetables were yeah, gone. Yeah, we're seeing things where, <laughs> where the just shelves are empty with certain things, right? And you know, you know, if you've tuned into any of the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates stuff, they want us all to be become vegetarians or only eating lab-grown meat. Right. Right. And that's supposed to be good for the planet, but it's not. Yeah. We were just talking this morning about how <laughs> chickens and cows are so synergistic, right? You and know, so good for the earth, you yeah. know, if, if it's done properly. And that's not to say that there aren't like huge problems with all of the, you know, industries and, and, you know, doing things just to, for the bottom line and not doing things for like the right reason. Yeah, and, yeah. Just horrible. But But yeah, I mean, this thing that's like, you know, it's like the lie of the electric car, right? Everybody thinks that these hybrid cars and electric cars are like so clean and so green. They actually pollute more than cars that run on petrol. So it's just, it's, (laughs) it's ridiculous. What are you, British now? Yes. Um, No. Petrol. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we like to welcome Madonna to the show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, no, but, you know, they did a study on that years ago. I remember reading this t- maybe 15 years ago, and they said the most uh, environmentally friendly car 
at that time was a car like made, you know, between 1976 and 1986 or something, because there's a certain thing like the older cars, you know, kind of just how it's like, it's so much more environmentally friendly to drive an old car than to destroy an old car and drive a new electric car. But, you know, with the supply chain thing, I've been thinking about that. And it's like, all we do, right, is we take our energy away from the factory farms. We take our energy away from, you know, the lab-grown meat cult. And, you know, this is for those of you who eat meat or for any organic vegetables, whatever. And we put it into local farmers. Yeah. And so are there going to be some lags between when local farming gets strong enough to support all of us who want organic carrots? Maybe. And also... Now, from now on, my community has plenty of organic carrots at reasonable prices. Right. You know, and I'm cutting out all these people that have, that are in the thrall of this death cult, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we can always like um, connect with local resources. We can do more to uh, grow our own food and become more familiar with things like making things for ourselves that <laughs> used to be everybody knew how to make their own clothes and uh, fix their own cars and grow their own food and make their own food. Um, so it can be really empowering to learn some of those things. Yeah. And also you probably don't have to make your own clothes or grow your own food <laughs> because you have skills that people who have are choosing life and have chosen, you know, we, so many of us are volunteer souls, I I think. We came here, you know, the price of coming here, you got to work through some karma. I mean, it's just price of admission, it seems to be. But a lot of us came here for this time because we wanted to restore Earth to her natural paradise state. And so, you know, reaching for that with your imagination can really, I think, change that feeling of stuckness and can break up that paralysis. Yeah. Because the people that... The people that in a harmonious, you know, natural state, the people that are going to come together are people that have what each other lacks and can fill in those gaps. And then there's, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Totally. And I think we have to remember that they're all there, like all of the pieces, all of the people, all of the resources and connections are there but it might take a while for things to line up, right? So um, I think it can feel really overwhelming when we're like, okay, so how do I get from point A to point Z? Because I could see where I want to go over there, you know, where I yeah. want to end up. And it's like, wow, there's so many steps between here and there, and there's so much to do. And, you know, I've got this and this. And, you know, a lot of folks are looking at things like, well, I've got to, uh, you know, get a new job and sell my house and relocate over here and you know, whatever. There's a lot of logistical things going on and it can feel really, um, you know, could put you in that freeze place that we were talking about. So I just want to put it on folks' radar that you don't have to figure it all out. And I think that's part of the lie that the matrix wants us to buy into is that if we don't have a complete roadmap, we can't start the journey. And, um, you know, no offense to anybody who sells like uh, coaching programs and things like that. But I think a lot of folks have made money off of this idea, the whole self-help industry. And I mean, 
I wrote a self-help book, so I feel like I'm allowed to say this. But like, you know, it's like, but you really don't have to know how everything is going to look before you start. You can just start and figure things out as you go. And so there was this tool that I learned when I studied uh, biodynamic cranial sacral therapy with this master of the art um, named Neil Pinholster. What's up, Neil? He gave us these waiting rituals that we would do because in BCT, sometimes you would do a hold and just hold somebody's body in that one, you know, with your hands in that one position for 20, 30 minutes, you know. So while you're doing that, you're actually watching um, the consciousness, which is called uh, the flow of consciousness, which they call primary respiration. You're watching the energy go in and out or the consciousness go in and out, in and out in these uh, 52 second cycles. While you're doing that, there are these meditations and things that you can do to, um, you know, hold space for the healing that's happening. And Neil called those waiting rituals. So what you're doing is you're basically just waiting for the person's body and the consciousness of the body to realign everything, you know, and and heal itself while you're holding it. And in the meantime, what do you do? You know, so he would give us these meditations of waiting <laughs> so rituals. So that you're not like making your la- your grocery list or, or just, thinking about paying yeah, bills so or that, something. So right? that you're present, but yeah. also so that you don't just trance out and fall asleep or something, yeah. you know, because it's very trance inducing and incredibly relaxing. And, you know, I bet you like, <laughs> anybody who does BCT who's listening, you probably have like nodded out in a session before. So just high fives to you for really going deep into trance. But it was a way to kind of keep your consciousness kind of engaged so you didn't totally check out or make a shopping list, you know. So there's something about this, though, that I wanted to share. It's like we can be doing our waiting rituals. You know, we can, we can have things that we do to stay conscious, to stay grounded, to stay connected, to keep the vibe going, to keep ourselves aligned with our vision of the future while we're, and we do have to take those next right steps and and do be taking action, but also so that we don't go into that energy of overwhelm of trying to do everything in the future all at once. And so that we can, while we're waiting, for those people, those opportunities, those yeah, connections yeah. to come through. Because the more visionary you are, the more forward thinking and the more precognitive you are, the more it's going to feel like you're waiting for everybody to catch up with you. Yeah. And we can't really wait. So I do say the, the, the thing waiting ritual, because that's what Neil used to call it. But we can't really wait, but we have rituals that we do to keep us like in the vibe we need to be in as it feels like we're waiting and waiting and waiting for these things to come through. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to take a, a quick break and then we'll come back with some astrology and um, wrap it up and see you in a minute.
listening to the Cosmic Kyre <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's uh, really a, a, pre- a pleasure and a privilege. <laughs> we were listening to a couple of songs from Nighthawks at the Diner yesterday Ugh, on a so cold, good. cold winter day. <laughs> the hawk had his whole family out there <laughs> kicking your ass in in a cold-blooded fashion. <laughs> Dishing out more than a good man could bear. That's how those whole last couple of years has felt sometimes, <laughs> man. Okay, man, so ain't that the truth? Yeah. Um, so we're still in Venus retrograde, uh, really functionally through the end of the month. Venus stations direct on January 29th at about 12 degrees Capricorn, and that's been going on all month um, since the end of December. So, you know, Venus retrograde tends to slow down the areas where that Venus rules in your chart. And, you know, again, we talked about this in the January 1st um, podcast, but, you know, things are probably going to continue to be a little slow in January, accentuated by Mercury stationing retrograde on Friday, uh, January 14th. Mercury starts retrograde in Aquarius and then will retrograde back into Capricorn on Tuesday, January 25th. And Mercury stations direct February 3rd. So we've got a lot of retrograde energy going on. I think, so I just wanted to throw in a a couple of experiences that I've had with this as maybe a way for you to kind of focus it. And also, you know, there are opportunities even within this. So Mercury retrograde, obviously, um, you know, for (laughs) any of you who are somewhat astrologically savvy, it's these built-in periods that happen three times a year, take about three to four weeks each time. And for us to go in and make mental course corrections. So because of all the Capricorn Aquarius emphasis, not only now, but the last, you know, several years and the next several years, I feel like this is going to really tune us into a lot of what we were talking about, which is the state of society, where society wants to go, where it could go if we're not involved, you know, if we keep our heads buried in the sand or, or don't grab the wheel as we're going off the cliff, right? And also uh, Aquarius, our, our friends, our community, our hopes and dreams for the future. So, you know, I would suggest using this as an opportunity, like whatever keeps coming up that's mentally painful or mentally, you know, energy draining, That those are the places Mercury is trying to show you that what you want to do is let go of the trauma from the past and then you can make mental course corrections with that energy. Venus retrograde, a little bit more subtle a lot of times. Um, Venus rules my third house, which is um, thoughts and communication. And I had this period for a couple days uh, last week where I was just like, wow, I was seeing these thought inner dialogue things going on in my head. And I was like, whoa, I still do that. That's just been running beneath the surface, you know, and, and I haven't seen it. You know, I feel like that's the Venus retrograde showing me like, hey, all you have to do is turn the volume up on that. And then once you see it, it's not going to have control over you. Because all of these programs, you know, as we've talked about, they only have power over us because they convince us not to look at them. So when I can turn and face that thought pattern, one of them was I woke up and, and my back was hurting in the morning. And I was like, well, my back's hurting for some reason. And I saw that this underlying pattern is if I can explain the reason, then I won't die of back pain or something. And when you're a kid, when you have like unexpected pain, it feels, you know, for a lot of kids, it's like, oh my God, am I dying? You know, there's something wrong with me. 
So I was definitely one of those kids. Um, a little bit dramatic sometimes. But yeah, I think that's uh, you know, that's a lot of what we're gonna be dealing with over the next couple of weeks. And we'll talk more about astrology in the next pod. But that's all I got for now. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm handing you the, the talking stick now. <laughs> I feel complete. Uh, I thought it was called a microphone. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's see. Um, what do I have? Is, you know what? I <laughs> said so it is a hubba hubba and a ding ding ding. <laughs> Baby, you got everything. <laughs> I said a hubba 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 and a ding ding dong. Baby sure, sure didn't, didn't last too long. long. <laughs> um, oh, well, I feel like this pod has probably lasted long enough. But before we end, I wanted to just tune in and share a quick tool with everybody. So I just looked in and what I was seeing was the navel chakra. And when I was asking, okay, what is that all about? I was seeing it's like digesting. So I feel like this is the message for us uh, for now. Um, is this this next couple of weeks is a great time to be digesting. And, you know, that means like really getting like the nutritive value of things. Um, maybe uh, it feels like getting the lesson, getting whatever it is out of um, getting the most out of whatever experiences that we're processing. We're processing some stuff right now. And that's going to give us energy. So if we process it, we'll have, we'll have more energy. And then also part of that digestion is letting go. <laughs> like once we've processed, we need to let go, right? So um, just keeping it real earthy, I guess, for yeah, um, yeah. it's just kind of a lower chakra vibe. And uh, so I would say, you know, keep checking in with grounding too. And just, you know... Uh, get all the get all that you can out of um, the good things that are there and the things that maybe don't seem so good. You can harvest the lessons and then let go. And that's going to give you a lot more energy for whatever that next right step is for you. Man, that's great. That's, you know, to me, that's the planetary retrogrades, especially Mercury and, and Venus. Um they can be really kind of painful and irritating, you know, especially if it's really hitting something in your chart. And also they are always opportunities. And if you work with them, your life gets better and better and better. Mm. And I feel like it's no different with, you know, the pandemic thing and everything that's coming up next, you know, cause they got more stuff waiting in the wings. It's like, if we buy into lies and we act against ourselves and against nature and, and against creator, then it really will be negative. Mm. But ultimately the meaning and the purpose and the joy in life is found not because of circumstances, but because of our, how we use circumstances to grow and how we use our intention and our imagination to become more joyful and to live more purposefully. So, I mean, not easy, but... Yeah, easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's simple, right? You know, it's like that's the yeah. theme kind of keep it simple, sweetheart. That was our theme for January, right? 
Yeah, that was our pod for the beginning of the month. Yeah. And this is our pod for the middle of the month. And we don't know what it's called yet. But keep keeping it simple. Keep keeping it simple. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, we love you. We value you. Um, thank you. Keep showing up for yourself. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye. All right, you've been listening to the Cosmic Fire Podcast. Thank you so much. If you have enjoyed, won't you please go to your favorite podcast app of choice and just subscribe because it helps more people find us. And, you know, you can also just share with friends, go to our website, do all the things because you know you want to. Thanks again for listening and supporting. We love you so much. Bye for now.